Hello and welcome to Batcast 66, the podcast where every week we watch an episode of the 1966 Batman television show and talk about it. Today, we're talking about Holy Rat Race. It's the second part of the introductory uh, episode to Fall Space. And uh, I think our research has shown this is our last Fall Space appearance in this show. Yeah, I think... Other than maybe Zelda the Great, False Faces appeared in the least amount of Batman media, like, period, so far. Yeah. I mean, not counting, like, the Molehill gang as, like, a unit, but, like, as far as, like, the main guest villains go. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he's going up against, like, the Joker and stuff, but... Yeah, tough crowd. And, yeah. you know, we never get to see this actor's face. We did, crowd. but we didn't realize that. We didn't even know it was the actor. T- tough cookies, I guess. Um mm. I guess we'll talk about our final thoughts and feelings on the guy at the end of this. Yeah, hopefully I have some final thoughts and feelings. Because like I said in the first episode, I'm not sure if I like this guy or not. Well, let's jump right into it. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. There's a train it. coming. We don't want to be late. Batman and Robin, they're cemented to uh, some train tracks. Well, there's cellophane wrap. Yeah. Uh, they can't break free. It's too hard. Meanwhile, yeah, Alfred is uh, dusting in the Batcave, listening to Culture Hour or something on the radio. Yeah. And by radio, we mean intergalactic recorder. recorder. Yeah. Which I alluded to because last episode, because when it stuck out to me, blew my mind. Because this is 1966. We didn't even land on the moon for another three years. And there's an intergalactic recorder. Like, nothing humanity's done has even left, like, the inner solar system yet at this point. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there are probably reasons Batman would want to keep an eye on space, though. I I get that. But intergalactic? Intergalactic. We don't, we don't, we barely have a concept of what, how big the Milky Way galaxy is, let alone what's even beyond that. Batman knows, or he has some recordings anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Like, Intergalactic Recorder is ridiculous in Year of Our Lord 2023. You know? Well, as we come to find out... Uh, yeah. You know, he's sharing this world with uh, Themyscarans and, and... Superman and stuff. We'll see if it ever turns up again. Yeah, so Alfred's listening to the, his program and it's interrupted, but like, you know, a thing with program, you know, things would do were like, hey, I've got a message for this goes out to people from who, whoever, like happy birthday or anything, but uh, it's a it's a coded message. Do you have what it says written down? It goes out to anyone who might know Batman and Robin, and it says, many are called, but two are chosen. Be receptive. Did you try to figure out what this means? No. I because I, I was I was more confused. Like, why would False Face try to kill them? And they said the train's coming in five minutes. And like we saw the light at the end of the tunnel. I was like, why would he even put out that message? What could it mean? Because like Alfred just calls Batman on his like wrist-mounted radio or whatever. And I mean it's kind of a funny exchange that they have. Uh, where Batman is basically like, I can't ask you to do things as I, res- you know, we respect you to have mutual respect for each other, but I would implore you to explode the radio in my thing. 
Yeah, so basically yeah. Alfred would overload the transceiver, yeah, which would cause the bat radio in Batman's glove to explode. Which not doesn't injure him though. It's through like the cement or whatever they have. No, the plastic cement. Yeah. But yeah, that message was so weird. It really sounded like some David Lynch. Yeah. Yeah, I can see David Lynch influence on that. Even though like they wouldn't have had a David Lynch influence, but yeah. Alfred does as he's asked. Batman gets a hand free and he's able to free himself with the tools in his utility belt. And he and Robin escape being ran over by a train. Just barely. And and kind of a funny gag. We see uh the people a couple on the train, they're reading the newspaper, and then one puts down I was like, It was that Batman and Robin? They're like, Oh yes, they must be chasing crime wherever it could be. He's like, good on them, and then they go back to their paper. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, it was. It's an, it, it's an intentional joke. Like, this show is a comedy at, at, in its DNA. Yes, for sure. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Like, we're not just laughing ironically at the show. It's trying to make you laugh. Yeah. And it's, per- I mean, I could probably think of another show that does this as well. It's very good about, like, engaging children on one level and engaging adults on a completely separate level. Yeah. It's a show for everybody. Yeah, it's a family show. Like, yeah. it's very entertaining. Yeah, so they're obviously free now. We got back to False Face's headquarters. False Face has Blaze tied up and blames her for Batman and Robin getting away. Yeah. And, and this is a, a little bit confusing. Yeah, because it's it's not revealed yet, but she's the person that put in the message. But she went to the radio station and handed him a check. And like again, all this had to happen within five minutes. And why didn't False Face stop her? It, yeah, exactly. Like the timeline just doesn't say. Like the Deus Ex Machina on these things is usually pretty big ass pull, but like this is one of the worst in that regards. Yeah, it it just doesn't fit. I, yeah. So I will say, and and the last episode too, first the first part of this story, so much is going on in them. Yeah. Um, and I think this was kind of done as some kind like a two bird two birds one stone. Like it's the Deus Ex Machina, but also it gives Batman and Robin a clue later in the episode. Yeah. And. Because they're trying to hit two birds with one stone, they kind of trip on themselves. Yeah, I I, I get that. I don't know. I, it, it probably could have been done a little bit better. I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a solution that's better at the moment, so I want to well, come yeah, down on it too it, hard. It would, it would require, like, restructuring the entire episode, and yeah. that's not really... Why that's not really what we do here. We're here to just look at what we got. I mean, maybe we'll eventually do an episode where, like, uh, of this podcast, maybe we maybe we break us our our Batman sixty six story. Huh. Uh, Wouldn't it be fun to do like an audio story? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, so so it just turned to be the year uh, two thousand twenty three. So in three years, this show turns sixty years old, and that might be a fun kind of project for that year. Ooh, we break and write our we break and write write an episode over a course of a couple episodes of the podcast. And then maybe we can get like a couple of friends on and uh, we can record it. 
Yeah, that would be it. Uh, huh. Let, let's consider that. Yeah, we'll consider that at some point. If that's something people want to hear, uh, let us know. Because I also don't, I also don't know what villains I'd want to pull. So, well, we'll see. We have plenty of time. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not saying we could do it better, but it ultimately isn't important. You yeah, know? that's not what the show's about. And yeah, it's still fun, but yeah, don't think but, too hard. But, you know, we're we're writers by hobby and by trade, so like I like to think about things in, in that regard. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it's you know you, you write and produce comic books with your wife and like it's good to think about stories you know and in, the, in these ways when you see them definitely it yeah, makes, yeah. yeah you know sometimes it uh might ruin something but i can't help but be analytical about yeah exactly and this doesn't ruin the story for me it's just like all right yeah so yeah false face he's ticked off he will not allow anybody to be false to him we cut back to the Batcave and Alfred is filling Batman and Robin in on the message that played over the radio. We then cut to police headquarters and Chief O'Hara just comes stumbling in. Mm-hmm. They found him tied up and abandoned somewhere. Yeah. Um, so then I was eating the jigs up with the false face O'Hara. I was like, they didn't do much with that. I was they didn't do anything. Yeah. And I was disappointed in that. Because that was one of the cool hooks we still had going into this episode. Is that Chief O'Hara is the bad guy. Yeah, and I was kind of wondering, like, again, like, being suspicious of everyone. Is this false face again? Yeah. But Chief O'Hara is talking normally now. Yeah, he's not doing his, like, false face, like, stiff face, like, mask, mask thing. Yeah, which was very weird, but... Glad they did it. At the Batcave again, Batman and Robin are watching the news. Chief O'Hara, they learn that he was captured and has since been found. But in watching the broadcast, they get the idea to trace the broadcast that Alfred had heard. Mm -hmm. Get to the bottom of that Lynchian riddle. And they go to Gotham City Radio. The program manager, Leo Gore uh said the call was anonymous and he assumed it was just some religious nonsense to which batman replies that religion shouldn't be taken lightly yeah uh what do we think batman's religious beliefs are i mean i think he might be agnostic he's a man he's too much of a man of science but regardless of what he believes he's such a he's nice and respectful of everybody that he wouldn't outwardly mock you for being re- religious of any kind, as long as it's not harmful to anybody. Yeah, I, th- I which I, I think is the healthy mindset to have for sure. But you know, I gotta assume he's like, you know, a wasp, just because you know, comes from old money. Yeah, and this is the '60s. Yeah, Leo Gore does remember one peculiar thing about the person who left him the message. Uh, and that's that she had green hair. Yeah, I don't think we saw a green wig with Blaze, but she's changed her wig, and it's always an outrageous hair color a bunch of times. Yeah, definitely. She always pops. So Was it green when she left Batman and Robin? or Because my brain was like bluish. Yeah, I don't think it was green. I don't think we see the green wig. 
Yeah, but again, it was within five minutes of the last That's scene. True. Yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe the the wig was green, and because of recording techniques, it showed up more blue. On yeah, stuff. yeah. That, I, I mean, it doesn't even have to be stuff from the sixties. Sometimes people call call things like red or orange. And I'm like, that's yellow. You know, like. Yeah, I remember. I feel like it was like the Ninja Turtle arcade cabinet. Yeah, Mikey's like yellow. Yellow bandana. Yeah. It could also be that this scene was recorded before they had shot the other scene and yeah, they just didn't truly really intended yeah. to give her something green. Yeah. Again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And he also <laughs> this guy's such an idiot. False face? No. Chief uh, O'Hara? Program manager. Oh yeah. Sorry. It's funny that I went to Chief O'Hara before I went to the program manager. This I movie. mean, he's also uh, a goon. But uh the program manager says, yeah, when she paid me, she said that uh, you could bank on this being false. And it's just like, why would you accept money from anyone who says that to you? I know. And the check she used to pay him was a check from uh, Gotham National. Yeah. Which is the bank that False Face made a play for in the first yeah. So Batman realizes that's a clue, and he's like, I'll make sure you get paid, you know, as they leave. Yeah. You know, he can do that. He just has to borrow money from Alfred again. God, Alfred, give me a dollar. <laughs> so Batman and Robin go to police headquarters again. I feel like there's a lot of set changes in these stories. Yeah, this one's got a, this one's got a lot of locations. Yeah, we're jumping all over the place. Yeah. And in a funny scene... You know, while they're trying to break down what False Face's plan is, he's like, okay, what's in a bank? And Chief O'Hara says, money. And Batman says, correct. And see Chief O'Hara, like, smile at himself and, like, nod. It's like he's a first grader, like. But, like, wow, you have to hand it to the actor. Yeah. Like, because that's just so good. I mean, I think the guy who plays Chief O'Hara is fine. It's just the character as written when we criticize him. Yeah, for sure. But I just thought that was such a fun little bit to throw in. Yeah. What's Stafford Rep is the actor's name. Shout out to you, Stafford. I assume you're dead. Most people from the show are dead, yeah. Uh, So they deduce that False Face plans to make counterfeit money and replace the money in the bank with that. Yeah, and I guess he takes the real money too. Yeah. So he's not oh, you know what? Rich, he's causing chaos. That makes sense with the line of kind of for we didn't touch on in the first episode. Uh when the, we first meet Blaze, he's like, you're gonna something about like you can't prove that he was gonna make a crime. So if he just swaps the money out, it doesn't look like he took anything. Yeah. Because he is printing it on real, like, banknote money. Which case, why doesn't he just make that the money and then just have that? Well, I guess the serial numbers aren't in the database. Yeah. If you get caught that way, you're still Mm -hmm. in trouble. We cut to Gotham National, and uh, it's closing time. False face is disguised as the night guard. 
And once everyone leaves, he calls out his uh his the gang, counterfeit crew, yeah. The counterfeit crew who have just been hiding in the bank all day. Yeah, they've just been like in a closet or something, right? <laughs> um, we get their names here. So we have Brinks, Burns, and Pinkerton. Yeah. Which like in the credits, they're like credited as like midget and like stuff which i know is not the correct term to use it's an outdated term and i believe that this version of batman would want to use what the people would like to be called so that's why i called him a little person even though that's not the credited name huh. yeah, this is the first time we get like people names for them yeah and not just like tall guy <laughs> you know yeah they each seem to have like a specialty maybe mm-hmm it's just a real quick scene, and it's the only time we see them like use these skills. But the bank vault is closed off with like a barred gate. Yeah, it's like a prison cell. So Brinks cuts the bars to the gate. Mm-hmm. And then Burns, who's the little person, is able to slip under the electric eye. Yeah. And just cut that wire. Yeah. And then uh, Pinkerton is the one who gets into the safe. Uh, but the safe opens and... There's the dynamic duo. So I'm extremely claustrophobic and like the idea of like being in a bank vault scares the hell out of me. Oh, I didn't know this about you. I, I hate small spaces. Yeah, I guess it all tracks. I've never seen you in one. Yeah, I know. That's why you haven't. I mean, I've not seen most people in a small space, but yeah. it doesn't come up in day to day life. But like when you see stuff like this, I think about it. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Oh yeah, I have a lot of phobias. That's my biggest one. I I'm very claustrophobic. Oh, like even when like desks were like clumped together too close in like grade school, like it would it would bother me. Damn. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, we met when we were teenagers and I had to be like cool and tough, so I didn't bring it up ever. Yeah. And then as adults, it's not a situation you find yourself in unless you want to be. When I met you as a teenager, you wore a leather jacket and you smoked two packs of cigarettes every day. Yeah, I was a bad guy like Dick Grayson. Yeah. Glad to see you've turned over a new leaf. Exactly. Batman and Robin, they're in yeah. the safe. We get a fight scene here. And then I think for the first time ever, the police appear and join the fight. Yeah, which was kind of cool. Again, because this was like a trap. Batman and Robin knew this is what they're going to do. So I think they had that ready. Because like the police there, they caught them all in the act, you know? Yeah. So Batman and Robin are kind of occupied with the uh, counterfeit crew. And... False face goes to make his escape, but the cops block his way. The counterfeit crew kind of they got to show their stuff here. This is like the third time that we get to see them get arrested. It is weird, right? Because I can assume off camera when False Face's Chief O'Harry kind of lets him out. But I do feel like in that alleyway fight, there was more than just these. Oh yeah, no, there was. But I feel like after the fact, he could have done that. He was in a position of power. So. False face runs off camera and is chased by another cop who then 
returns and finally helps Chief O'Hara by yeah. like, grabbing Burns and like throwing him over his shoulder. Yeah. And then he just runs away. Yeah. And you see the uh the real police officer stripped down to his underwear. And uh yeah, that was false face. And he got away. He sure did. This is actually a pretty explosive start to the beginning of the episode. It's pretty wild. This episode. Yeah, now, that I'm think, now that we're like thinking about it and recapping, like the rest of this is like all like a fight, like, like all like a chase slash fight scene. Like, yeah, it's pretty action packed. I had yeah. a good time. Yeah. False face makes his escape. He heads to Bioscope Studios. Uh, inside of his truck is Blaze, who's like handcuffed. Yeah, she's like handcuffed to like a pole or something in it. And I don't know why he has kept her alive. Yeah, I don't know. Because she's like, he has no qualms with murdering. Yeah. Maybe just kill her. Yeah. He doesn't need any more information out of her. Yeah. Not that I want to see her get killed, but you know. Yeah, it's just like. He's a bad dude. He is a bad dude. Batman and Robin are chasing him. The studio has all these, like, movie sets. Like, there's kind of, like, a gritty warehouse district that turns into a cowboy set. And I'm assuming this is just because they, like, have access to, like, movie sets. Like, it's just it's movie backlots, essentially, they're going through. Yeah. I, I would assume so as well. Yeah, which is which is fine. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the Star Trek thing. Right? Well, yeah, they just, where they, they do episodes based on, like, what they have access to. It's like, oh, on this planet, culture, it's exactly like like American culture, except it stops here. Yeah, it's exactly like Chicago gangster stuff. (laughs) There's a book there that's about that. And like, don't be wrong, I love those episodes of that show, but and this doesn't, I'm not saying this ruins this for me, but it's like, I can't help but like, that's my, you know, like, that's what that, that's the reason that exists, you know? Of course. Yeah. The three goons who are not in the truck, but have somehow made it to this studio backlot, spring a net over the Batmobile. Or I guess they drop it in front of the Batmobile and uh, Mm -hmm. Batman and Robin can't advance. I really like this scene because like Batman kind of like plays the Uno reverse card. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, uses his, like, heat ray to break the net in a way that it falls on top of the the copyright, or what are they called? The counterfeit crew. crew. Yeah. The copyright crew. That's what they're going to send after us after we write uh, an episode of the show. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the end of them, finally. Yeah. Even though they've been arrested and captured numerous times yeah uh batman and robin continue the chase and boss face parks his car in a way that he could see them coming and he rolls up his window and he has like a targeting site on his window and pushes a button and these grenade launchers kind of pop out of the roof of his truck. And uh, yeah, once they get into range, he kills them. 
Yeah, and like there's only like a wireframe version of the Batmobile left. Yeah, which it looks like an unresed polygon. I guess that's how uh, physics works in this world because Fossface thinks he's victorious. But uh, Batman and Robin show up in in the Batmobile and he's like, how did this happen? Batman had prepared an inflatable replica of the Batmobile just for this situation. Yeah. Which they said earlier, you know, we're going to out false false face. I think that was like the because they wanted to encourage him to continue to do his crime. I assume that was just so like they could catch him at the bank. But that also kind of refers to this. Yeah, that's true. They have him cornered. He's in the false mobile or whatever they call it. I uh, they said the word the term earlier. I don't remember what it was. I did not write it down. <laughs> He's like bye and pushes a button and explodes out the back on a motorcycle. Yeah, which I don't know. Is that the first time that's happened in like Batman in general? I think so. Where like whatever vehicle unit has a secret motorcycle in it and he can get away. Yeah, I think the only other motorcycle we've seen is the police motorcycle that was chasing Mr. Freeze's ice cream truck. I was about to say, didn't we just see it where the Batmobile had a thing in it? But that was Batman Returns, our Christmas episode. Yeah. I realize now. Gosh, all these continuities are blending together. Yeah, because like they they do that in the Dark Knight, obviously. Like it becomes a thing, but I think this might be the first time it's happened for Bat in like a Batman thing. Anyway, it's cool. He comes flying out of the back of that thing somehow. Because he's yeah. facing a completely different direction out of nowhere. <laughs> so they free uh what's called Zelda the Great. Oh my god. They free free Blaze. And they go about to go to the Batmobile to chase him. She's like, no, it's gonna be quicker if you cut through here on foot, which kind of makes sense. It's since they can cut then on foot they can cut through the set like the sets and stuff yeah so they keep cornering him but he's like eluding them for quite a bit yeah and then they make like a trip wire with the bat rope yeah and that like he doesn't get hit by it but he sees it and like can't stop quick enough and kind of falls off his bike yeah in a way that like the stuntman won't get hurt yeah and then there's uh a foot chase. Yeah, through like the old West Town. Yeah, and they pass this cowboy. Yeah. I, I don't know if I love or hate this scene. I thought it was pretty funny. because in, in, in a vacuum, it's funny. <laughs> if they were fighting like the Joker, I would have thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but because they're, they're specifically chasing a guy who can change what he looks like into anything... Why would this one random dude that's just there not be immediately suspicious that they've never seen before? They are on a movie backlot. But, like, they're um, not shooting a movie at the time. But you did see people there. Like, yeah. earlier during the chase, you saw, uh, like, a cowboy, so, like, so running. They run past this guy. They're like, we're looking for a criminal or whatever. And the camera, like, pans in on him. It's like, oh, maybe I'll join the posse or whatever. Like, he's in character. Like he's, yeah, like, he's like, like they yeah. actually rode into like the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, he like joined. He's like, oh, sounds fun. I'll join in. I'll I'll head him off at the pass. And he goes to leave, and then Robin's like, wait, not so fast. False face. Well, he yeah. jumps in front of him and he's like, pass intercepted, false face. Yeah. I did think it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and the chase continues. Batman punches him through like a window on one of the sets yeah which is what happens in cowboy movies yeah yeah commissioner gordon who has 
joined the the ch- foot chase with Chief O'Hara. Yeah, so I think some of the cops have, just, have been starting to show up at this point. Yeah. During, this, during the chase. The commissioner goes into this building facade after him and mm-hmm. then comes like stumbling out like, oh, he got away. Yeah. He's like a, he's got like a handkerchief or something, right? Yeah, he's like dabbing the sweat from his brow. Yeah. Batman's like, oh, why would a right-handed commissioner be holding his handkerchief in his left hand? They realize he's, yeah. again, they set that up where it's like the small details are what, what gives false face away. Yeah, and this reminds me... I mean, that's a bit me... of a leap, but, you know, whatever. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But this kind of reminded me of, um, is it a chameleon, or is it a scroll story? Or chameleon yeah. story? Where, like, Nick Fury's eye patch is... So, over- I know what you're talking about. It's specifically a Spider-Man the Animated Series thing. Because in that chameleon's thing was like a holographic thing. Like, if he sees something, he could become it. And he used, they set up early in the episode that they screwed up Nick Fury's photo in the newspaper where it's backwards. Oh. And that's what he used it for his disguise of Nick Fury. And then we realized, like, oh, his eye patch is on the wrong eye. Yep, that's it. Since Nick Fury's an asymmetrical character, you could do that. Yeah. But I know exactly what you, I knew exactly what you were talking about when you started <laughs> bringing it up. Yeah. It, it reminded me of that. When I was a kid, I thought that was like such a brilliant play. Like, they, they realized that. And I was like, oh my God, you're so smart. <laughs> it is pretty clever considering yeah. the considering way Spider-Man what, usually beats his enemies is by like them. swinging into them yeah yeah because he wasn't allowed to punch people in that show pick up people and throw them that's all they like do so they rip the fake Gordon mask off of false face and they finally got him yep false face you know if this show wasn't completely episodic yeah you almost like wonder if this was setting something up yeah. Fosface says, you may yet meet your match. And just like, you know, it's just a obvious threat, but Yeah. I was like, oh, like I sounds like something's coming for him. I bet there was probably like a standards and practices thing that was like akin to like the comics code authority where like the bad guys can't get away, like they can't because I would have thought it would be cool if like Fosface like slipped into a crowd and like we don't know when or where he'll show up again. Oh, we foiled his plan for now. Um, but I think that there probably was some sort of stipulation where, like they have to get arrested at the end of the episode. Well, Riddler didn't get arrested at the end of the second episode. Oh, I mean, I guess it was pres- he was presumed dead. Like, Okay, yeah. Yeah, like he was soundly defeated. An equal, death is equal to uh, being arrested in the United States of America. Yeah, that's how it works anyway. So yeah, false face, he's defeated. We cut to Wayne Manor after this, and I assume it's sometime later. Yeah. Like an unspecified amount of time. Because uh, Aunt Harriet's there. Probably the most useful she's ever been. Also, I'm real sorry. I talk a lot of shit on Aunt Harriet. She's whatever. <laughs> yeah, she just doesn't add a lot to the proceedings. Yeah. Um, I do know she is from the comics. She did not originate in the show, which is what everyone assumes. Interesting. Yeah, she was, she was in the comics two years earlier. They introduced her. So what's her deal? It's the same thing. Just just like, she, was supposed to, she was supposed to be Dick Grayson's uh, guardian, but like she couldn't handle it. So, you know, it was just too hard. She's old. like in the comics. She was a lot older. 
And so Bruce Wayne kind of comes in and is like, I'll take him as, as my ward and I'll take care of you too. And that's just kind of what happens. Interesting. So was she like crisis out of existence then? She just, they just stopped using her and I don't think anyone noticed. Okay. And then, yeah, I'm sure when crisis happened, like they redid everyone's origins. So I, I think she just stopped exist, like being in continuity at all. Poor Aunt Harriet. Yeah. When you put it that way. The... But she doesn't, story-wise, she doesn't need to stick around. Yeah, definitely not. You know, I get it. Especially when you're trying to, like, clean things up and make make it more simple and streamlined. For sure. Which is what Crisis was supposed to be doing. And I think it kind of succeeded. Yeah, I think it kind of succeeded. Until it didn't. Yeah, until it stopped. But that's a bigger DC problem in yeah. general. Well... In this episode, she tells Bruce and Dick that a reformed criminal is coming over to see them. Yeah. And so this is why I believe, like, some time had to have passed. Like, some time had to have passed, yeah. Because they're automatically like, oh, who could it be? Is yeah. it Penguin, the Joker? Yeah. Uh, which, wow, would love to have seen either of those. Yeah. But as I'm sure everyone has figured out blaze uh and she just wanted to come and thank mr wayne for being one of two people responsible for her rehabilitation yeah uh, the second being batman little does she know it's the same person whoa yeah uh, think of it just one man keeping the whole city together that's why they want him to be mayor yeah it makes a lot of sense yeah blaze even though she kind of she was a redhead who, well, she had a red wig. Yeah, she. They, they think they showed her without her wig on when they first went to the like lair. She's like a, a brunette. Yeah, and she's a brunette here. But you know, while she was helping Batman and Robin chase down False Face, she had the red wig on. I was like, oh, is this proto Batgirl? Mm -hmm. But anyway, she's not going to stick around in Gotham. She's going to New Zealand. Yeah, their brother is a farmer there or something. She said. Yeah, her brother's a shepherd. Shepherd, that's what it was. So she's going to start a new life there. Sounds good for her. I mean, shit, dude, I kind of want to do that. Yeah, I mean, you could. Well, you know, I could. I don't have a brother that's a shepherd there. I mean, you might. Did you ever ask your parents? No, to be fair, I haven't. Give Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that lucky. when we're done this. And yeah, that brings us to the end of a uh, Holy Rat Race. Yeah, again, these titles are so silly when you don't have them as a couplet. <laughs> Although a race did happen. A race sure did happen. Um, What did you think in general? In general, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I liked these episodes better than both Mad Hatter and Mr. Freeze. Okay. Definitely more happens in this than happened in Mr. Freeze and Mad Hatter. These might these are contenders for my least favorite so far. It has a lot of ideas I thought could be really cool, but they don't do anything with them. So I was more frustrated watching it. Like it is fun. Like the chasing in the second half is really fun. Like it's got stuff I like. I don't dislike False Face. Um, I do think there are other villains that have kind of taken his shtick and done it better. Like we already mentioned Mysterio and, and Chameleon uh, before, but like. Even like a villain, a Batman villain that just wears like a mask, like black mask is more interesting. You know, like Clayface is a more interesting shapeshift, like 
shape-shifting bat like batman bad guy where it's without disguises and stuff um granted he's got a way more supernatural bent than and false face does but i i i don't know it didn't do a whole lot for me yeah i i think i had fun and i think it's because this is a very action heavy episode yeah i Um, i really don't this really cemented me like i'm really sick of the female goon having a face turn trope in the series it's because it's happened almost every single story and i was just like blaze was kind of cool and interesting in the beginning and as soon as she meets batman she immediately changes and it's like she becomes way less interesting in the second half i agree but i do think it was fun to kind of see because we always get that change at the end and I thought it was cool to see that change like play out a little bit longer. I think that was better handled in the last episodes where uh, Joker does the stuff for the school. I liked that it was a classmate of Dick Grayson. She got to have more screen time and personality throughout it. And like she wasn't a bad guy, you know? But even so, we only see her in the very last scene as a yeah. reformed. Like, she reforms off-screen, you know what I mean? I mean, so does, like, everybody, but... I, I, I don't know, because, like, what she does... Other than... All right, granted, she does save Batman and Robin's life, but, like, then she's just as damsel in distress the rest of the, the rest of the story, you know? That's very true, but she... But, she does, like... She's like, yo, like, get out of the Batmobile, like... Well, I also, I thought it might have been cooler, like, based on, like... Because she cause she's introduced as kind of, like, this, like, fiery daredevil kind of character, not fiery as a pun, but, like... Uh, like more like you know she immediately jumps out a window and like does these cool things like i think if she had a more active hand like in stopping false face i think that would have been really cool using some of the skills we saw previously or maybe because she also has disguising skills like maybe if she tricked him into thinking like oh yeah like outfossed him yeah i think that would have been more interesting than just that, that would definitely would have been better but that's one of those things that's like uh, as i was watching this episode i was thinking of stuff like that and that kept taking me out of what was happening. This wasn't bad. Like I, I, I was entertained throughout it, and there was stuff in it I liked that I wouldn't necessarily want to lose. But like, it, I, it was one of those things where I, I, I could see a better story with these characters as it was happening. Yeah, I don't and, know, and and that's not an exclusive problem I have with this episode or the show. It's just sometimes. I think if we didn't have a podcast and I wasn't taking notes, I wouldn't think about this stuff as much. Definitely not. By the nature of us doing that and having things to dis- I want to write down to discuss, like I, I think about this, I'm much more analytical and critical than I normally would be on a casual watch. But, you know, even the worst episode of the season so far has still been fine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I think I liked Blaze. I... I think e- even though it didn't do all the things you just said, yeah. which definitely would have been better. I think she's more interesting yeah. than the other female henchmen who do that heel turn. Yeah. Because like this, it was not prompted by the downfall of the the supervillain. Yeah. Like False Face was still very much at large yeah she had the change of heart no i i do appreciate that it is different like you said it's just like it's one of those things if it wasn't like 
even like every story. Well, and but even I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind it. Even in this story, though, like it's a little more complex because like you see her at the police station kind of like having that change of heart and it ends up being fake. Yeah. But not entirely, you know, like it's just one of those things like it's always a special emphasis on the female characters is like we don't get to see if Pinkerton gets to reform. You know what I mean? Like the like the supervillains never. I, I don't know. It's just yeah. Well, and and that's yeah. That is a a flaw of the time. Yeah, I, I I acknowledge a lot of this is is the times it was made. Also, probably a lot of like time and budgetary constraints in creating the episodes. I just personally don't think it's fair to blame Blaze. I don't think it's necessarily yeah. the best of all of them it's just it's just this was the one that revealed to me was like oh because it going into the series i didn't realize this was going to be like a trope of the series same and like this is kind of with the episode where i'm like it's kind of the straw that broke the camel's back i see not necessarily that this one was handled poorly well i'm just like oh i'm officially sick of this yeah which well, i'm excited for the next episode because i know that's not going to happen thank goodness so but yeah i guess uh before we talk about next week's... Yeah, we got to give a, a rating, right? Yeah, so while I pull up that stuff, uh, wh- what do you think about Phosphase? What do you think about his... Not him as a character, but his plan? I don't think it was very good. I, I'm going to give him a one, in my opinion, for this one. So he successfully stole that crown. But, it's, but as an inciting incident, like he's like, this is just the first step of my plans. But it factored into it at like not at all. Yeah. So, and they like never get it back, which is kind of funny. Yeah, which is kind of amusing in its way. I mean, we can assume that they did since they busted him um, and his crew. Uh, that and Blaze cooperating with him, she might know where it spirited away. But like, so the the hard part of counterfeiting the money would have been like getting that paper. They obviously were getting it. You could just like counterfeit it yeah well but he wanted legit bills yeah which is fine so like you can take a hundred dollar bill go to a store and break it like all throughout the city uh, he still runs the risk of getting caught yeah i mean granted he is the man of many faces so like he could just have a different face yeah i think you just play it you just you just low play it like his his whole like gimmick is like, it doesn't apply, apply to his gimmick at all, other than, like, counterfeit. But, like, it doesn't play to any of its strengths, which is, like, I can disappear into a crowd and be hard. And, like, his vehicle can do that, too, and they, like, established that super early on. Yeah, but also, I think what you're suggesting... So, first off, breaking 100 bucks is hard enough. I'm just, just saying, like, in theory, that's something you can do. Like, you could do a 20. So, yeah, but, like he already had this thing that he could have sold for a million. Yeah. And he, he obviously like was making a much bigger play like chief O'Hara, like, Oh, you must be going after billions. So I, I don't see how these things like connect to each other. What do you mean? Well, the, the crown, the crown, crown. doesn't connect yeah. to anything, yeah, which exactly. is weird. Cause at least when like, it seems like the inciting incident doesn't really like, connect to stuff initially it does like with the riddler's plans yeah i if anything he kind of just like tipped 
everybody off like hey i'm gonna do something yeah like it was it was an unforced error yeah like if if they didn't show up they wouldn't know that it was even stolen yeah if he just went right to the bank and was like okay like i'm gonna do this whole scheme and like him giving batman clues or like messages was extremely stupid because they include batman into the counterfeit scheme and but like and B like it let anyone know that he was like around doing things. If he wasn't doing anything, they probably wouldn't notice until his scheme was done. Yeah, well that's what at I'm least saying. like Riddler like Dave mentioned like that's like that's his psychological compulsion. He's clearly like a a mentally like off person in this yes. series. So like so I do think it's definitely not a three. And but I am torn between one or two, and I just want to think about it. I, I will think about some. Of, what are some of the other ones we've given twos to? Because we got to put them in like in context with one another. So the Joker's plan to lure children into a false sense of security so he could blackmail them. Yeah, losing a basketball game. That's a two. Mm-hmm. The Riddler's initial plan, which was what the hell was his plan? Again? I remember he started with he was going to get Batman framed for like assault and battery and sue him, but then I think he, he just, just he, he was going to steal that mammoth full of stamps. Yes, yeah, and like yeah, that was a really disconnected, disjointed plan too. Yeah, and then Mister Freeze's whole revenge plot was a two. Yeah. Did we give and anything? That hatter we give a one to. Yeah. And I don't know. I do think Batman and Robin were on their toes for a lot of this. What were did Fallsface have any wins? He got the crown. He got the crown, which it did, he did no purpose. He did gas Batman and Robin time to the tracks, but obviously that didn't work. It was immediately foiled right under his nose. Yeah, through like impossible. He replaced Chief O'Hara, but did nothing with it. Yeah, they got to the bank vaults to replace the money, but that was that was immediately foiled. All because he parked in front of a fire hydrant. Yeah, like all of his mistakes were really stupid. Yeah, and like completely on his like his own fault. All right, yeah, I'll give this guy a one. Yeah, does he give anyone a one? Yeah, yeah. So we only give Mad Hatter a one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll give I'll give false face a one. And again, these aren't ratings on the episodes, like in our enjoyment of them per se. Because yeah. I like, just want to see like the Joker goes to school one I really enjoyed. But oh, that episode. I think is the best episode. I think it's my favorite one so far. But his plan ultimately was pretty pretty stupid at the end. God, so disappointing. I wanted so much more from uh But it was extremely enjoyable to watch. So yeah, all right, we can do that there then. Cool. All right. So one for false face. So I guess we can pretty much say. Are we in like the? Are we in like the back half of the season now? So let's see. We got we got sixteen episodes, so eight stories. And I think we just did eight stories, right? Uh, let's see. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Because this was episode seventeen, correct? No, 17 and 18. Yeah. And you said we have like 16 more to go. So we we this was our nine ninth story. And we have eight left. Yeah. So we're this was 
the halfway okay. mark. Okay, because yeah, it just for some reason it feels like we've hit a halfway point. Even yeah. though nothing about this episode really like because there's no ongoing story. Yeah, I mean, I wish there was in a way, but. I mean, it's fun that they've mentioned characters like Catwoman and stuff now, but I don't think they're intentionally like world building. And there's been ongoing. Like, like, oh, hey, you know this character? There's been like ongoing elements like uh, um, like Crichton and stuff as the, the warden has come yeah. up. But it's also saying like Commissioner Gordon exists in like most episodes. Like, you know, the character's just there, but they don't. The episodes you can wa- you can watch them out of in, in any order. Uh, obviously as like a two-part couplet but yeah each story is standalone and you know that's probably for the best and for the tv at the time that's how it was and yeah maybe up until like now it's still like kind of how it is i mean streaming's changed all that but but i think that's that's it yeah i don't have anything more to say about false face yeah until we meet again on the page false face uh i had fun i liked the episode a lot but yeah, we'll catch you here next week for uh, the perfect crime. That's it. Uh, I wonder who that could be. Yeah, I have no idea. Find out next time. Uh, next bat time. That yeah. last time. Who knows? See you then, folks. Bye. Intergalactic, 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 intergal